Before we jump into the episode today, I want to share something with you from my heart. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really can't tell you how much your support means to me. We've been doing the podcast now for almost four years. I can't even believe it. And I'm so grateful for each and every single one of you that listens, shares an episode with your friends, sends me a DM or a text message letting me know how an episode resonated with you or any aha moments. Seriously, I couldn't be more grateful to be able to create this podcast. It has been such a blessing in my life, and I love hearing the ways it's been able to provide value in yours as well. One thing you might not know is how much work it takes to be consistent with a podcast. In fact, did you know that the majority of podcasts don't make it past episode number 10? And we are well, 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 well beyond that. And it's just a lot thinking of the episodes, recording them, editing them, managing the guests, making sure that everything runs smoothly and gets uploaded consistently and regularly. And so that's why I have created an amazing opportunity for you to support the podcast monetarily. And in exchange for that, you will get exclusive premium subscriber content. So for as little as $3 a month, you can become a premium subscriber of the podcast. And every month I will upload new voice-guided workouts and breathwork meditation audio for you. So that way you can work out with me coaching you in your ears. You can also take a moment to reduce your stress and relax and come down and ground down with one of my breathwork audios. So if that is on your heart to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month to become a premium podcast subscriber, I can't tell you how much that means to me and the growth of this podcast. I appreciate you. If you're interested, Click the link in the description, become a premium podcast subscriber, new content every month, and while supplies last, I'll send you an exclusive podcast coffee mug so you can have your self-love and sweat coffee every morning. I appreciate you. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Self-Love and Sweat, the podcast, the place where you'll get inspired to live your life unapologetically, embrace your perfect imperfections, break down barriers, and do what sets your soul on fire. I'm your host, London Souza. Hey friend, it's me, London Souza, online lifestyle transformation coach. I help people all over the world just like you who know they are meant for more, get their mind right and their body tight and go from crazy busy to crazy happy. And hey, if it's our first time meeting, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been with us for a while, it's so great that you're here too. I'm really excited to share this episode of the Self Love and Sweat podcast with you. I've known Gia Sinatra, our next guest, for 14 years, and she's one of my favorite people and closest friends on the planet. She's from Las Vegas, but currently lives in Los Angeles, California, where she works as a model, hairstylist, and body positive influencer. And yes, you might recognize her last name. She is a distant relative of Frank Sinatra. Welcome to Self Love and Sweat, the podcast, Gia. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm so excited to have you too, because like when starting anything new, you know, it was just kind of a little bit awkward to be honest, to be talking to yourself and like in a microphone. I did video for a long time, but that's why I was so excited to have you on here because I'm like, yes, a close friend, someone that knows me well, where we can just have a really good conversation and kind of, yeah, just share your message with the world. So yeah, how are you doing? What are you doing? I'm good. I'm just hanging out. We just got done grocery shopping and yeah, we're just chilling Saturday here. In sunny Southern California. Is it so nice there? It's the weather nice? It's so beautiful out today. It's like, I don't know exactly what temperature it is, but it's feeling like it's getting warmer now. So that's exciting. So good. Yeah. I was, um, for those of you listening, I was in California basically all of December and all of January, um, visiting my family in Central California and then visiting Gia and other friends in Southern California. And um, yeah, the weather was so nice and so beautiful. I kind of purposely, but not purposely skipped the Austrian winter almost. But on top of that, it was just so great to hang out with you and spend so much time with you over those two months. It felt like Oh, it just feels like home when I'm hanging out with you and with Allie and just everybody. And yeah, but I mean, thankful for technology. Thankful for yeah. technology. It was so nice to have you here for those few months and just make our healthy meals together and work out and shoot content and all those things. Yeah, what I wouldn't give to do that right now with you. But I look forward to summer. I'm definitely coming back in summer for a longer time. But yeah, I'm so happy that you're here on this podcast. Not because, um, well, I mean, one, because yeah, you're a close friend of mine and I love you dearly, but also because you are making such a huge impact in the world and through your social media channels and through modeling, you're just making such a, an amazing impact. And um, yeah, I am excited for people to hear all about that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about how we met so then people can understand kind of, yeah, where we were when we met and also maybe get to know us a little bit better yeah. <laughs> and also how you kind of came into modeling because you weren't always doing modeling. So I'll let you start. Tell about how we met. <laughs> So I started as a hairstylist. I went to hair school in Costa Mesa and I met Allie, who's London's childhood best friend since you guys were like, what, five years old? Or? Two, since we were two, two years okay. old. We hold that very dear to our heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't miss those three years. Um, so I became friends with Allie and soon after that, I met London through Allie and I feel like we all just like clicked right away. And uh, we were, London was 17, I was 18, and you were were in college, and we just started hanging out every day, and um, it was a blast. Doing crazy, doing crazy things. (laughs) Doing all the things. It's so funny when I look back, because yeah, like you said, I was 17, you were 18, just like thought we were so grown. Yeah. So grown, living in <laughs> sunny Southern California, just, yeah, having a blast doing life. And yeah, like you said, you went to hair school with my best friend, Allie. And so that's how we met. And yeah, it was just so many, yeah, so many good memories, so many great experiences. And quite frankly, like not a lot of friends 
make it past that time. You know what I mean? Like you go to school or you go to college with people and then like things change, you know, and like, quite frankly, we've changed a lot. Definitely. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) But you know, I feel like every time we get together, we like pick right back up from where we were. And it's like, we still have some of the things, you know, I mean, we're still the same people, but we've evolved so much as women. Um, I feel like, but you know, we just like, we pick back up. I think we all like just respect each other so much. And it's just... It's a blessing is what it is. It is a blessing. And you know what? I love that you said that too, that we respect each other. So it's cool because throughout the last 14 years that we've known each other, it's just kind of like we've gone through, yeah, a lot of different phases in our lives. Yeah. Different relationships, jobs, just experiences, all the things. And it was never like we judged each other. It was just like we always had each other's back. And like you said, we could go sometimes months without, you know, really talking or being so much in touch. But then as soon as we see each other and chat again, it's like no time has passed at all. Yeah. At all. And so we met while you were in hair school and you did hair for a while. And I remember when you were living with Allie and we would be in the apartment uh, in Costa Mesa and the Camdens. <laughs> And I remember us all, we were all really like, despite the craziness and despite like the, you know, the shenanigans, if you will, for lack of better terms, we were all really like focused and um, passionate about what we were doing. And granted, I, yeah, I didn't always know that I wanted to do fitness right at that moment, but I remember you being like, I'm going to be a celebrity hairstylist. Like I'm going to do hair for the runway. I'm going to, you know, rock it. And so tell us a little bit about, um, or talk to me a little bit about your desire to do hair and like where that kind of started? Well, it's funny before I start that, like what you were saying is we partied, we were 17, 18, all of our shenanigans, like you said, but we still always shared our dreams with each other. And we still always like had that vision of this is what we're going to do in the future. So I just, I love that. You just reminded me of that. I, you know, those times it was nice that we could party together, but we could also like share our dreams and everything with each other. Um, So I, at the age of like 16, I knew I wanted to be a hairstylist for a living. I started off like doing my friend's hair. We bleached one of my friend's hair, like just craziness that now when I look back, I'm like, how did these people trust me to do this to their hair? I don't know, but somehow they did we would go to like Sally's beauty supply and just experiment. And I really loved it. And everyone would come to me. I even had people paying me at one point to do their highlights that I had no idea what I was doing. You're like, come sit in the chair, the magical (laughs) chair where your dreams will come true. All your hair dreams will come true. And all that experimenting. Oh my gosh. I remember that with Allie where she put uh, hair extensions in my hair and they were the glue ones. So you'd like glue them and stick them in. And then they weren't long enough. They only went to my normal hair length because we picked the wrong length. So then instead of taking those ones out, we put 
new ones that were longer in between. And I had those in for, I don't know how long. And then I remember taking them out and I had like no hair. My hair was see-through. Oh my God. And so I totally remember being like, oh yeah, I don't think I paid her. I've definitely bought the hair, but I for sure would have paid Allie back in the day. Oh yeah. You want to do, yeah. you want some highlights? <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Oh my gosh. And yes. so from there, you decided you wanted to go to Paul Mitchell hair school. Yeah. So I did my research and I wanted to go to the best school. I always knew I wanted to get out of Las Vegas. I wanted Southern California was like always like high on my list of like places I wanted to go. So I researched, um, Paul Mitchell and Costa Mesa was the first Paul Mitchell. And, um, so I basically, um, I did all this research, put it all together and I gave it to my mom and I was like, okay, I want to go to Paul Mitchell, Costa Mesa. This is where I'm going to live. I'm going to get roommates. I'm going to do this. And I like pretty much mapped everything out for her. And, you know, she was like, okay, let's do it. Like, I'll support you in this. And I drove down. I found an apartment. Um, Yeah, I mean, I really like, I was very like independent. I think like more in my head because obviously I was still living with my parents and like they were supporting me, but I was like, you know, I was very independent in the way that I knew what I wanted. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mom would have loved to have you as a daughter. I was super independent. I love that you said I was independent in my head. I was like, you were like living at home, you know, (laughs) you don't have like a bill. You're just like, yeah, doing the thing. I was really independent in my head too, but I definitely did not come to my mom with a plan. I was just like, I got accepted to Long Beach State. This is where I'm going, packing up the car, like, let's do it. I definitely, Uh she would have totally appreciated a plan. Mom, if you're listening, which I'm sure that you will be at some point, like, (laughs) sorry, I didn't, sorry, I wasn't Gia and I didn't present you with a plan. (laughs) Yeah, but. Plan and then. You went for it. I mean, side note, you, uh, you, I'm sure were a much better daughter in a lot of aspects. My mom's probably listening like, okay, she's making herself sound like an angel over here (laughs) (laughs) because I was definitely not an easy daughter. But um, yeah, so I went with, I went for it and I moved and I uh, went to Paul Mitchell and that was a year program. And then we moved to LA right after we graduated out me and Allie and another two other you know Mark and Taylor from hair school and um just yeah started in my dream of doing set work and working with celebrities tv shows runway the works all the things that you said you wanted to do all the things yeah I mean I did it all um I definitely have I mean I'm still a hairstylist I've had an amazing career as a hairstylist. Yeah. And you're so good at it. So good. But then you transitioned into modeling. So Mm -hmm. how did that happen? Did you, cause like to be a a model, like that's, you know, that's a lot uh, like to say like, Oh, I want, I one day want to be a model. I don't know. Just somehow I don't want to say, yeah, I don't think, I don't want to say, I don't know if I have the words for it. It doesn't sound weird or it's not like, dumb at all by any means, but like to know for a while, like, Oh, I've always wanted to be a model. So like, yeah, I never remember you talking about that when we were um, first meeting and friends when we were younger. And I feel like out of nowhere, almost in the most beautiful way, it was like, Oh my gosh, Gia started modeling. Oh my gosh, she's killing the game. Oh my gosh. Your followers on Instagram is like insane. 
oh my gosh, she's working all the time doing some amazing stuff. And so, yeah, when did that kind of spark come into your life and how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like people were definitely like surprised by it. Well, so I was like, okay, follow my modeling journey. Um, but it was from a young age, it was something that was always in the back of my mind. Like, I am a plus size model. I don't think we've like fully addressed that yet. But um, I was always like, overweight growing up. So it was like, I was always told, oh, you have a beautiful face or like, you know, I was always, I was always told things like that. And I always thought about it like, oh, I wonder if I could do like plus size modeling, but I never really had said it out loud. And I always had this like, um, dream in my head that like, oh, maybe I'll get discovered at like a mall or something like that, you know? And, um, that never happened for me. And then living in LA, there was a few times that I would like submit myself on Craigslist randomly. And um, I just like never really fully did anything. Like I just, hair was always my passion. And like, I'd be like, oh, let me like- Wait, what'd you post this. on Craigslist? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I found like a job that they posted on Craigslist, like plus size model or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, oh, like, like maybe you try this found out. the ad on Craigslist and then- Yeah. Bonded to it. Okay, the way I understood it was that you like put yourself on Craigslist. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so I had like moments where I thought about it and then I was 28. So it was four years ago. I had a moment that I was like really starting to think about it. Um, I, the sports illustrated cover came out and Ashley Graham was on the cover. And I remember this guy told me, you look like that model, that plus size model, Ashley Graham. And at the time I had no idea who she was. And, um, I think I was like 27, 28. So I went and looked her up and I was like, oh my gosh, like this girl is stunning. We were about the same size and I was like, I could totally do this. So I think at that point it started feeling like a reality. Once I saw that, I was like, this may be something that I could actually do. And so, um, perfect timing. One of my really good friends who's a photographer, reached out to me and she said, Hey, do you want to do a shoot? I could take pictures of you and you could do my hair. Just like, I don't know if it's something you're interested in, but I was thinking we could trade. And I was like, actually it's something I have been thinking about. And I was thinking about doing like plus size modeling. And she was like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yes, let's do it. And I can help direct you and help you to get signed, yada, yada. So we ended up doing this shoot. Pictures came out incredible. She um, helped submit me to agents. I had two offers, one from a New York agent and one from an LA agent. And um, so I was like reading through the contracts and everything. And then I was still working at a hair salon and I got an opportunity to... Um, own the salon at the hotel that we were working at at the uh, where the hair salon was and so the opportunity was presented to me and it just at the time seems like seemed like such an amazing opportunity that I put I decided to not um, go with modeling and pursue that and to take this opportunity at the spa and um 
we had that for about 14, 15 months and we decided to close it, that it wasn't the right situation. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to do this full out. I'm going to go back. I'm going to reach out back out to those contacts and I'm going to really, really try this and see where it takes me. And, um, and that's that like, well, right when this, when the spa closed, so after you, decided, okay, the spa route and being a salon owner seems like the safer route to go. And Mm -hmm. then what'd you say? 14, 15 months later, it closed. Were were you like, were you sad? Were you relieved to go into modeling? Like, was it very like, what, how did you feel when that failed and you not failed, but not like it just didn't turn out. Let's say it like this. It just didn't turn out the way that you expected. So how did that feel for you? Well, I mean, it was my baby and it was my first business that I owned. And um, it was definitely like a hard decision to make, but it was the right decision to make. And I was sad about it, of course, but I knew that it just wasn't right. And it was causing me stress and we weren't making money and it just like wasn't right. So yeah, it was definitely like a hard decision to make. And then when we made that decision, I was like, okay, this is my time. I think that at that point I was like about to turn 30. And so, I mean, now age really isn't a thing, especially in the, in the modeling industry, it's really like evolving. Um, but at that time I was like, it's kind of like a now or never type of moment for me. Like I I need to get this going. And so, um, yeah. So then I, I started my Instagram from there. And was that your first step? Okay. Cause I remember the first photos that you did before the spa and like that photo shoot. And I remember being like, damn, like I knew Gia, like I knew my girl was good looking and super sexy and all the things, but like, it was just so incredible to be just to, yeah, to be your friend and to know you and then to see that and being like, wow, like that is like amazing. It's like, art. It is so beautiful. And so in my head, in my head, and I'm sure in a lot of people's heads, it was so clear, like, huh, you should just go for it. Like you have the look, just the vibe, everything you're natural in front of the camera. But, um, yeah, when you went into the, to the spa, instead of pursuing modeling, was there a part of you that was kind of like hanging on to modeling? Like, Oh, I should have done that. Or were you just kind of like, no, it was cool. Was it kind of always hanging in your mind? Yeah. I feel like when you find that thing that, you know, like when I found fitness, but then I was still like going to college, you know, to finish my degree in psychology, but it was like, it was just always hanging in my brain. Like I knew I wanted to do that. And it was just a matter of time before I really like admitted to myself or sometimes the universe is like, we're going to pull this out of the way because you're going kind of in the little, you know, a quick left mm-hmm. direction and we need to bring you back onto the path that we have planned for you here. And yeah, so it was probably always just like hanging in your mind. I feel like definitely, definitely. Like, I feel like if I wouldn't have pursued it, it would have been something that would have definitely like eating, eaten up at me, you know, of like not pursuing something that I wanted to pursue. And it's funny because it didn't take too much time into modeling that I was making more money than I was at the spa. And I was like, okay, see, I'm definitely like on the right path right now. Yes. So good. So good. And I always say too, like, I don't want to have any what ifs or I wish I would have at the end of my life, you know? And sometimes 
You know, life takes you on your journey and you were for sure meant to, you know, to have your hair experience and reach all those goals and then do, um, have you have the spa and kind of have that experience. Owning your own business is a huge, great experience. Yeah. Especially at at like 29 years old, I had a spa. So like, even though sometimes we're hard on ourselves, sometimes I have to look back and be like, you still owned a spa at 29 years old. Like that's a big deal when you really look back and think about it, you know? Yeah. And use that really as like a stepping stone into your next business, which is, you are a business owner, a business owner yeah. of, your, of yourself. Exactly. And I still do hair. Um, that's something too, is some people in the beginning said, oh, it's going to look bad if you're still a hairstylist say, and you're a model, or it's going to look like you're not successful in one or the other. And it was definitely something that like, I struggled with a little bit at the beginning, like, what is it going to look like? Or should I not tell people I'm a hairstylist? And now I'm like, I have two successful careers. And at this point, I can still do both. I can still manage both. And um, I'm happy to have something else to do. I have a, I go to the salon like two days a week. I have amazing clients that I've been doing their hair for like 10 plus years, some of them. And it's, it's nice to still have those times to like go and chat with like, my, my people, you know? Yeah. And make people, and make people feel good. And yeah, not a lot of people have even one career that they love as much as you love doing both of them. So good on you. Good on you. One of the things that, um, is actually one of, well, besides the fact that you're amazing, you're my friend, I love you. I know that we could have an amazing chat, but one of the reasons why when I started this podcast, I was like, Gia needs to be on here because you posted a post on social media and um, I always try to quote you, so I don't want to take your quote away, but I know that you know what I'm talking about because that yeah. was the one thing that we did prepare. I was like, we're just going to press start and we're going to go with this <laughs> podcast, but yeah. I really want to talk about this. So um, quote yourself because it gives me all the feels and all the goosebumps every time. So it's, I want to be the woman that I needed when I was younger. And that really like, that's really become my purpose of just like, being that person that you needed when you were a little girl, yeah, being that role model. And and you had mentioned too that you went through a phase where you just like didn't like your body, didn't embrace your mm-hmm. curves, and didn't appreciate it in the way that you do now. And so, how has that mm-hmm. evolved and kind of transitioned? I mean, I think that. It came, like, I had to realize that, like, everybody has different body types and, um, you know, that's just how it is. And now I try to be, like, my healthiest, happiest person. And I'm a curvy girl, you know. Um, And I, somewhere along the line, learned to love who I am and embrace my curves. And um, instead of (laughs) trying... excuse me, instead of trying to fight that. Yeah. Just embracing the body that you, that you do have. And like, the thing Mm -hmm. is, is that when I, I mean, not just when I'm there, you always are training so hard and working out so hard and we Mm -hmm. kick ass together and we'll go to the gym together, train outside together, just do a lot of, you know, workouts and stuff together. And even my mom was like, yeah, when we were hiking that day, like you and Gia were just like going and like up and my mom works out all the time. Yeah girls are strong, you know? And that's what I love the most is like a strong body doesn't have a shape, you know, like a specific 
shape. And so how has working out um, impacted your life? And yeah, overall, just... Working out has changed my life. Um, Did you work out when we first met? I don't remember. No, No, not really. Okay. I really started working out like probably 10 years ago consistently. And I love, like, I love to show up in a class and someone like maybe it's my first time and then just like kick ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on. You can say whatever you want. We can say ass on here. That's cool. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I love to just like show people that I'm like strong and that I'm like in great shape and just like kill the workout and just, just to show that like, it doesn't matter your body type. You can still be in really good shape. Do you mean like you walk into the gym and you feel like people look at you like you're a bigger girl and like you're going to be out of breath after the workout? Like, do you, is that what you mean? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely happened multiple times. And you just go in and you're like killing it. Yeah. And I'm like, watch this. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, I I pride myself on being strong and healthy. Um, Working out has definitely helped to give me confidence and working out just makes me, it just makes me feel good. Like it's good for my mind. Like I work out five to six days a week. I really try to like feel out my body. Um, but it's just, it, it's what keeps me going every day. It gives me like my energy for the day um, and just helps clear my mind for the day. Yes. So good. So I, um, I asked you this question when I was home because I was honestly like really curious. I like came to me and I was like, huh, I wonder this. And I can ask Gia because I can ask Gia anything. So like, I know a lot of us have seen like America's next top model. They have Germany's next top model. Well, all the country's next top model. And it's always like super, super real thin, skinny, skinny women who have to, you know, um, kind of, yeah, lose weight and be a certain size. And so I asked Chia, I was like, okay, do you have to like gain weight to be a certain size? Like, what does that look like to be a plus size model? Because I know that they're like weighing and measuring and, you know, trying to keep the weight down in some of the higher fashion. I don't, I'm not fully in that industry, like at all whatsoever, but I know what I see on TV and on the media and what they kind of put out there. And so I asked Gia, I'm like, do you like have to gain weight or like make weight or what does that even look like for a plus size model? And I'm sure that other people have thought that, or maybe if they didn't think that they're thinking that now, like, Oh, I never thought of that. So yeah. What do you have to say on that? What does that look like for you? Plus size modeling actually starts at a size six in some cases, a size four. So my agent was actually just talking about this the other day. So it's fresh in my mind, starting at a 37 inch hip is a plus size model. So, um, and it goes all the way up to like 2022. I mean, as the industry progresses, they're Do you mean having, 42. Um, as far as like clothing size, like a size 20 to 22. Oh, okay. Got it. I just know so, like SML this, I'm learning something new here. Okay. <laughs> so you said, okay. So like a 37 inch hip <laughs> is a plus size model and then a 22 size, it goes all the way up to that. So that's yes, like in the so, eight and 12, like those sizes exactly. that we have for like pants and dresses. Okay, cool. 
So it's basically like a size six to 2022. And as the industry progresses, they are growing in sizes as far as like expanding to larger sizes, but that's pretty much the range right now. And, um, there are sizes that you will work more if you are like a 14, 16 is basically like a sample size. So in straight sizes, I believe it's like a two is sample size. So um, a 14, 16 is the sample size. So if you are that size, you're probably going to work a little bit more, especially in like e-com what it, where, when you go to the website to shop and you're scrolling through the outfit, that's, that's like basically what an e-com model is that person that you're seeing modeling the clothes. But, um, there's girls who are working starting at a size six. So you don't have to gain weight or lose weight. Um, something I love about my agency that I'm with is they are all about being healthy and happy and being your happy weight. And they say that we can suggest you may work more at this size, but we will get you work at whatever size you are. We want you to be at your happy weight. And I think that is beautiful. And I know that now with the plus size industry growing, there's a lot of girls that were really fighting to keep in that size two weight that now have like you know, their happy, healthy weight is maybe like a four or a six, which is still very small. Totally. Um, and so, you know, they're now able to be more into like the plus size kind of like street size modeling. So that's good now that they don't have to starve themselves if that's not their natural body size. It's funny because I have had people make comments to me and it's not coming from any place of hate, but say like, oh, can't you eat whatever you want? You're a plus size model. And for me, that's not the case. Um, There may be people that do, but for me, I, I mean, you know me, I eat very healthy and I work out and I have to do that to just maintain my current size. Um, But I I don't even really eat healthy anymore to just be a size. I do it because I I feel good. You know, that's that's one of my forms of self-love. I just feel better when I eat a healthy meal. I mean, I definitely have my moments of like having a bad meal here and there. But in general, I just feel good when I eat good foods. Yes. And I love that word happy or the phrase that your agent used that was your happy weight finding your happy way. Yeah. It's often referred to as like uh, your set point or with that happy place where your body just wants to be. And yeah. I think that we've all experienced that at one point or another where we're like, oh, if I could just lose, you know, that extra five pounds, but then it goes away and then it comes back and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. it's just whatever weight for your body when you get to a point where you're, yeah, where you're healthy and happy and all the things, it just kind of stays there. You know, and it's not like you said, you've been working out consistently for 10 years. I've been doing Mm -hmm. it for 10 plus years too, and just really eating healthy and doing my best every single day to fuel my body with good foods, move my body in good ways and um, in ways that feel good. And finding that that happy point is not like an overnight thing. It's nothing that a weekend juice cleanse is going to get you. It's nothing that exactly. Yeah. such a great word. I love that happy weight that you said. That's so cool. Yeah. So great. What would you tell, I think last question, 
I think, okay. unless we well, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us, we will. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self? Your, the girl that you talked about in that post on Instagram where you're like, I want to be that role model for the girl, you know, that I didn't have when I was younger. What would you tell that younger self? Um, gosh, um, that's actually a good question. I've never really like fully thought of that, but I would tell my younger self, like you're worthy, you're beautiful, like just, you know, keep going, um, work on your confidence and you're going to grow into an amazing woman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, one thing for like little girls is I always want little girls to have confidence. Like I always feel like I'm destined to be a mom of a, a girl. Um, because I just want all girls to have confidence and like, just know that they're worthy and they're smart and they're beautiful and all the things. Yes, totally. So, so important. Um, especially from a very young age. Yes. I mean, I think, yeah, everybody does, I would hope, you know, does their best to, you know, speak to young women in a way that they're not thinking about some of the things too soon, you know, like yeah. I'm not wanting well, to go ahead. We, re- we really have to speak to ourselves nicely. And that's something that's helped me a lot is like speaking kindly to yourself and not saying like, Oh, I feel gross or I feel ugly or whatever, like thinking about the words that you speak to yourself. And then also thinking about the words that you speak to younger girls and then thinking about the way that you talk about yourselves in front of them. Because like, I've seen people talk about in front of their kids say like, Oh, I look fat in that picture. I feel fat or I feel ugly. And like them hearing you say those things. And then that's in their head. Now that's like a thought that like, Oh, you know, ugly or fat or whatever those like negative words or I'm stupid or, you know, anything, any, any way that we can like talk to ourselves poorly. So I think it's like really important to like really think about how you talk in front of younger people. Yeah. I love you gave kind of like a 360 view. It's like, start with yourself. How are you talking to yourself? Talk to yourself nicely. Talk to the little ones nicely and talk about yourself in front of the little ones nicely too, because it's like, oh, you know, this person is you know, a role model in my life or someone I look up to as a young kid. And then yeah, you're like, okay, well, if they're fat and they're ugly, does that mean that like, I could be that too? Or am I those things? Or what do those things even mean? And so I just love that you kind of opened up. Yeah. The full. Yeah. That's so I mean, powerful. even with our peers, you know, there's been times that I'm usually bigger than majority of my like girlfriends. Um, And even like, sometimes I'll see like one of my girlfriends look at a picture and go, Ew, I look fat in that. And then like, if I wasn't the way that I was, I would take it in a negative way. Like, Oh, well she looks fat. Well, you know, and then it makes me feel a certain way or like hearing someone else. So it's just like, it's good just to think about in general. And like, I think once you can like 
think about the way you're talking about yourself, your things will change for you. Definitely. Yes. And I love that. You almost threw an amen in there. I love that. You said that if I wasn't the way that I was, so you took full ownership of that, full ownership of that from the beginning that like, yeah, if it wasn't, you know, my change in perception on how I feel about myself and my worth and my self power and the way that I love on me, then I can see how something like that would trigger me. And maybe mm-hmm. it used to trigger you before, mm-hmm. like maybe it would be something that would just definitely love you before. Yeah. Definitely. It all starts with, that's why yeah, I called it self love and sweat because yeah. it's like, it just starts with yourself first. It, you know, it's so easy to point the finger at everybody else, at all the circumstances, at all the situations and all the things and say, it's because of this, or this is why, or this is why, and that's the reason, and that's the fault. But when we take full ownership of, you know, the way that our perception could affect certain things, the way that we talk to ourselves can, um, you know, really make a giant, giant impact. Words are so important. I always say, change your words, change your world. Like Mm -hmm. point. You cannot have an amazing, abundant life if you are talking crap to yourself all the time and talking down to yourself and even others. You know, nobody, anybody that's talking down to others doesn't feel good about themselves too. I'm a firm believer of that as well. Uh So it just comes full, full circle, full circle. And you're just such an amazing person. It makes me so happy to know that there's other people out there doing the work, spreading the message that are like you, because I do know you as a person. And so it's not just what you post on Instagram and what you do there. I really know that what you're doing and your message that you're putting out there is going to, and already has, and is going to change lives. Um, But at the same time, I know the type of personalities that we are, where we're always trying to serve with excellence and kind of do that, that next thing and just kind of continue to make an impact and go after our goals and dreams. And so what would be something that you're working on right now, or something that you haven't accomplished that you're like, Ooh, I really want to do that when it comes to, yeah, with anything, but especially with modeling. Yeah. Um, one of my big goals this year is to book a big campaign. Um, so I have done a lot of e-com work and some lifestyle stuff, um, some lookbooks, but one of my goals is cause I, I really have only been modeling, uh, with an agent for two years now. So I want to book a huge campaign. I would love to do an athletic campaign. Um, that's something that's really high on my list. Um, yeah, I'd say that for sure. What does a big campaign look like to you? Is this like something you can't talk about because you're working on something or a big campaign? Like what does that mean in the modeling world? So that way me as a friend and a, a, cheer, a cheerleader of everything that you do and everybody <laughs> listening can, you know, help you manifest this goal into reality. Yeah. Um, well, I was actually just talking about this. Um, I would love to... Uh, Target is really big on my list. Like I would love to walk in a Target and see like a huge picture of me up in Target. Um, Like athletic, swim, whatever it is. Like that's a huge goal of mine to like be up in Target. Obsessed with Target. And maybe just someone that that like doesn't sound like, that may not be their goal. But for me, that would be like a huge accomplishment. No, because because if they don't know what target is, or if they knew what target was, then they would know why it would be (laughs) your goal. So for those of you listening that don't know what target is, target is like the store that everybody just wants to walk through every single aisle down. It has 
everything yeah. from food to athletic wear to clothes to scarves to jewelry furniture <laughs> furniture cleaning makeup products, makeup you can't- there's like this phrase that like you can't leave Target and spend under a hundred dollars, and it's so true. Like it's a mission to leave Target without spending hundred dollars. You just like can't go to Target for one thing, and if you are really trying to get one thing, then you need to go to another store. Because yeah. when I was living in California as a personal trainer, and I was driving, I was a mobile personal trainer, so I was driving to all my clients. I would often like in my breaks just like if I had, I don't know, 20 minutes to kill, half an hour to kill, even an hour sometimes, I go to Target and I just walk up and down the aisles. I would be picking up, yeah, like some (laughs) snacks, you know, a Random things, underwear. (laughs) Yeah, underwear, a t-shirt, a dress I didn't, like nothing you really like need per se. Yeah. One of those stores. And actually, um, when I brought my boyfriend home with me to California, and we've been there a bunch of times, He's like obsessed with Target, obsessed, like thinks it's the most miraculous store ever because here in Austria, we don't really have like stores that have everything really. There's not that many. You have to go to like different stores. And I'll never forget one time my boyfriend was, uh, I don't even know, not with me in America, but not with me. And he was like, oh my gosh, I have the most amazing view from my hotel room. And he opened up the thing and it was a super Target, right? Oh my God. And he was so excited and it was so funny. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is true though. It's like, if you want a view, you need to have like mountains or the beach or Target. Yeah. This is good. So I can't wait one day to walk into Target and see your picture up there. Just, you know, loving on your body and everything that's all good about it. I'm just so excited for you. It's going to happen. I believe it. I feel it. Me too. Me too. You guys, you really need to check out what Gia is doing. So Gia, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Gia Sinatra and I am newly on TikTok. So you can follow me there. I know that. I don't know. I just started it. Oh, wait. Yeah. I did know that because I saw you post your, you had the booty band and you yeah. did like some workouts Yeah. Not until right now. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because that's been my, my mission <laughs> over these last weeks is to try to get people moving as much as they can on social yeah. media. And so I was making yeah TikToks all over the place. And then I saw yours. That's right. You had that cute athletic outfit on with the booty band. And I, was, I forgot to, I forgot to mention that to you, how excited I am. So yeah, I'm loving yeah, TikTok. See- so you can follow me everywhere at Gia Sinatra. Um, so far, I only have two TikTok videos, but who knows? I might get creative and do some dance videos. We shall see what happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you guys definitely want to follow her at Gia Sinatra. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for chatting. Thank you. Yeah. I love you so much. You're such an inspiration to me. And I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah, I love you too. You're so amazing. And when I think of self-love and sweat, you're like definitely at the top of the list there. 
And you. you just, yeah, you walk the walk and talk the talk and all of it. You, whatever you um, put out there is so real. And I've said this to you before, but whenever I'm watching your Instagram stories or I'm even like reading your captions of your Instagram post and looking at your pictures, like it's so you, it's so real. It's so, um, yeah, authentic and beautiful. And I just love you. So thank you thank so you. much for being here. And thank you guys for listening. See Thanks, ya. guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self Love and Sweat, the podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a review. This really helps a lot. And share this with a friend. I'm only one person, and with your help, we can really spread the message of self love and sweat and change more lives all around the world. I'm London Souza, reminding you that you deserve a life full of passion, presence, and purpose fueled by self-love and sweat. This podcast is a HitSpot Austria production.